With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Did you know Amazon provides ways of working that fit your lifestyle? They know you value your time outside of work, juggling family, school, friends, or other activities. That's why they offer a variety of shifts that work for you. There are full-time, part-time, and even temporary opportunities that can work with your schedule with great starting pay and sign-on bonuses. If you want a career that fits and adapts to your lifestyle, head to amazon.com apply. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. And this is Reister or Wrong. Again, (laughs) Um, the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Facts only. Check your feelings at the door before you even show up because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. So uh, you guys can shoot us an email. I'm at I-M-M-A-D at unafraidshow.com or shoot us a text 818-293-7547 if you want to get a hold of us. And of course, leave a five star, actually that's 10, but a five star rating wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review as well. So today... Candace Parker gets the NBA 2K cover, and uh, some people were excited, some weren't. Is this good or is this bad? Shohei Otani, would you rather have him in his prime with what he's doing right now or baby Ruth? Conor McGregor, 
lost the fight technically because he broke his leg and Ralph thinks that this is the optimal outcome for Conor McGregor apologists who get the chance to live in denial for just a little bit longer. Ooh, he's firing that one. Um, the All-Star Game had a terror plot, but the FBI is not acknowledging that it was a terror plot. Last Larry Creepy Scumbag Nasser. There's more details on his case about how the FBI messed this up. And we have an amazing interview with Nicole Lynn, NFL and entertainment agent extraordinaire. You don't want to miss it. And of course, canceler consequence and the best of social media. So, Ralph, we will start today with Candace Parker. She okay. got the W. She got the NBA 2K cover. It is. It's not a men's basketball game. It is a basketball game. It is an NBA game. And what was your first question when you when I told you about this? Um, don't well. My first the first thought that popped into my mind was the first thing I think of when any WNBA related news comes up. Don't read the replies. So that, I mean, and then I did anyway. I kind of took a short foray and into uh, into the trash heap that is the comment section of Facebook and Twitter. And, and I, I don't understand why people get upset about something like this. I don't necessarily think it was a good idea um, for 2K sports. Uh, I don't, I think that, um, I think that all covers should be like Athlon. They should be regionally relevant. Uh, I think having a Candace Parker cover available could really increase sales. And I think they should market the hell out of it. But I don't think that there should be a single cover athlete i've never thought that that was a really good idea regardless of who's on it yeah so yeah, i think so you don't like I, tom brady and and patrick mahomes on madden this year that's cool but what does it cost to also make sure that like maybe you boost sales in seattle by having russell wilson like where where you are in, in you know i don't know what the negotiation is for the fee for for being on the cover but i do feel like if if you want to drive regional sales it's just a piece of paper that's it that's all it is. You can print different slips for different regions. And I guarantee that on physical copies, you'll see sales increase, even though a lot of people just buy digital copies of these games anyway. Um, so Candace Parker being on the cover is fantastic to me. The idea of only one athlete being on the cover is um, silly, I think. And I do also believe that we're going to have to listen to people whine who say that this is an NBA video game and you're putting a WNBA athlete on it and um, I, I'm actually interested if, if you feel that way please jump in, in in my mentions as long as you're respectful and explain to me why you think um, why you think it's a bad idea because I, I do it, it 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 would be like having Jenny Finch on MLB the show see the the only difference is is that for a couple of years there's been WNBA in the game like like you can play with WNBA superstars in the game. You can play with all the teams, the rosters. It's the exact same thing. So just instead of having a male cover athlete, because you're you it's essentially now a dual game. You and, and there are multiple parts of it. There's the NBA part. Yeah. There's the WNBA part. And then there's like the create your own player, create your own lane part. So, yeah, I just there's going to be a lot of people who are saying, like, this is wokeness forced down our throat. And then there's the majority of people who actually play the game who don't care who's on the cover. I honestly, when I look back at all the years that I played Madden and NCAA, 
I bought them all. I only remember a few specific covers that I got excited about. Because the Madden, game was so good. Like the one where yeah. Vic was on the cover. Because he was just OD'd. And he was just OP'd yeah. in the was game. A Mad, Madden 04 where yep. it, was a, it was like you wouldn't let your friends use the Falcons. No, no. You couldn't use Michael Vic. It was yeah. illegal. Um, I really got excited about Madden 2010. I want to say it was Madden 2010 or 2011. When they had Larry Fitzgerald and Troy Polamalu on the cover together, yep, um, I thought that that was fantastic. Uh, I remember the Pat White NCAA. Yep, um, the the NCAA that I thought was the best game they ever made. I think had Denard Robinson on the cover. So, but I don't. I mean, I bought NCAA every year, and that's re- I could really only tell you Tebow, Denard, Pat White. Like I, I don't. I don't know them all. And so yeah, see, um, I, I, I do believe that the cover Zabransky got a cover. Yeah. I do believe what? that the cover athletes are pretty irrelevant. Like, I don't think that it matters who's on the cover, this, whether this people matters. are going to, well, it, this it matters. It, we're talking about it. Yeah, it does though, but I'm fine with it. And, and if you really think about it, if you are a real basketball fan, you understand how significant, Candace Parker is. She's one of the greatest WNBA players of all time. And she's also one of the greatest college basketball players of all time. Yeah. So she's also one of the best ambassadors for basketball, period. Like I remember being a kid, Sports Illustrated for Kids was huge in the in the nineties. And Mia Ham meant as much to me as far as bringing soccer into my life as Landon Donovan did. Right. So like yeah. Candace Parker is a huge ambassador for basketball period. And if you're a kid watching basketball with your parents and you see her on, um, on, on, like on, on set with Shaq and Chuck and not, not only holding her own, but being an integral part of that team, then to you, she is just basketball, just like Ernie Johnson yeah. is basketball. So, like, so now, so now check this out. I actually think the sales may probably increase because if you are a, a person who plays NBA 2K and that's your game. You're still going to play it no no matter who's on the cover. But now there are some young ladies because a, a, a lot of girls and women are gamers too. But now they're like, whoa, hold on. Let me actually give this game a shot. So I think that they may bring in some new customers, if you will, to give the game a shot. And they may be like, oh, wow, I was just playing RPGs or I was playing, you know, first person shooters or what whatever and now i'm going to play this game because now i'm a wnba fan and and i can play with these players so i'm excited about it i think it's good you know and and i don't think they and i don't think for ea that there's any like there's no loss from this like there's because people are still going to buy your game at the same rate the only plus is is that now you actually may sell some additional copies and introduce yourself to new customers so i think that there's much more upside than there is potential downside if there's any at all yeah i mean if you if you boycott like if if you don't like it that's one thing but if you boycott it because of Candace Parker you you do video gamers boycott anything um, I don't know. I, I will say this. If you want to watch a great show about gamers and game companies and game culture, there is a show called, ah, crap, I can't remember. It, there, there, there's a show about a video game production company 
that that apparently came out before the pandemic and we missed it and it's very much like a community feel oh in the office, yes so. oh my god dude. i can't remember the name i of don't it, remember I'm, it either i didn't watch it. I, I started I'm one two episode episodes in yeah, and I wanted to watch it, and now I forgot what the damn name of the game is. But, but you reminded me because there, there, there's a kid who's like the key to whether or not you're going to get sales of your video games, and he considers boycotting them. And and when you brought up, do people boycott video games? Um, I mean, I guess one of the greatest controversies of our time was Gamergate. Mythic that Quest. So, yeah, Mythic Quest. Highly recommend that TV show. I'm only two episodes in, so I don't know. If it if it gets bad, I don't know how it got lost in the shuffle when all we were doing was sitting at home watching TV. But it it's a fun show. It's yeah. really fun. Yep. Uh, the next thing up. So this was a d- debate because this came across the Twitter um, from uh, Fox Sports Radio, and I thought that this was a very good question. They said, "Who would you take in their prime? What Shohei Otani's doing right now?" Or Babe Ruth, because there's a lot of people who recognize Babe Ruth as the greatest baseball player of all time. I, for one, do not. I said that I would take Shohei because for one, well, actually for a couple very, very simple reasons, is that first thing is Shohei is actually playing against the greatest players of all time. Babe Ruth didn't have to. Of our time. Of our time. (laughs) He's not playing against Bond. He's not playing well, against... Well, so yes, correct. correct. The, the, the best... Randy no, Johnson. I'm, I'm saying the collection of the league of the best players of all time. Like, like not sure. against all the best players of all time, but that yeah. we are in an era where the best players from the entire world are playing now. So... Babe Ruth didn't have to face all the best baseball players. There were no black players, no... Latino players, no Asian players. And so, and you, without even looking at the Latino and the Asian players, which weren't included either, just the Negro League teams beat the, beat the white only MLB teams about 60% of the time. So much so that the commissioner, uh, Mount, Mountain Landis, he tried to bar them from playing the Negro League teams because he thought it was a bad look. So I'm not saying that that Babe Ruth would not have had a lot of success if he were playing in an era where all the best players in the world are playing. But I do believe that there's a little bit of stat padding almost, if if you will, when you're not playing against the best players. Because if you took Larry Bird and, and people say, oh, it's white versus something, something. I'm like, no, man. If you took Larry Bird, Dirk Nowitzki, the Luca or even any of the NBA player, black NBA players right now, and you put them in Euro leagues, even though Euro leagues are good, some of them are some of the second best leagues in the world, third best leagues in the world. You put them over there, their stats are going to be even better. So now, so their stats are going to be better. And then they, and it's not because they're that much better. It's because they're playing against a little bit lesser of competition. So it doesn't mean that they're not great. It just means that there's a little bit of stat inflation in that. And that's what I believe when I see Babe Ruth. I think that any discussion of any hypothetical has to include the caveat that if you're dragging somebody into the future, you're also giving them a lifetime access 
to the training and travel Correct. leagues and, and everything like that. And I think that knowing that Babe Ruth, which Babe Ruth didn't really do what Shohei's doing because he was a pitcher and then he was a hitter and he's very good at both. Um, but, you know, he wasn't necessarily the most in shape guy. He was just a natural talent. He was bigger than a lot of the other athletes. And he had, he had a natural power that, that, that we probably haven't, you know, it, I don't think it was enhanced <laughs> in a, in a way that a lot of the guys we saw in the late nineties were. Um, and so it's interesting to think about. I still think that I think that baseball is close enough in if you can do it, you can do it across. Um, I think Ted Williams would have been a good hitter. I think that Babe Ruth would have been an elite baseball player if given access to all of these things. I don't really know about comparing them, but sometimes I do like to think about what would happen if we sent some of the guys um, from this era to, to, to then in sort of a reverse order. Because my favorite baseball player of all time is Tony Gwynn. And he was out there hitting 360, 370 against pitchers who were throwing high 80s, low 90s. You know, what's going to happen when he's going, when, when, when everybody's capping out at, you know, 87, 88 miles an hour? Um, he, he would, I mean, we're talking about somebody who might have flirted with 500. So, and that's always been the more interesting debate to me is Ted Williams versus Tony Gwynn because the power uh, element of it is sexy and, and, and what Shohei Otani is doing is really, really cool. I just think it's cool that Shohei Otani's reached the level where we can have these ridiculous discussions about him. Like, baseball needs this. Um, we need this. You know, it's it's fun. It, it's still not even – I used to spend the entire year looking forward to the All-Star game. And uh, this uh, yesterday I was in Denver, and I didn't even turn it on. And it was in Denver. Like, it's gotten to the point where I will go back and watch a replay or I'll go back and watch the highlights. I don't get excited about baseball the way that I used to because all of the ways that they're trying to fix the game – and all of the things that people get upset about distract me. And, well, and then just the fact that we've evolved as a culture to having shorter attention spans, and I'm one of those people. But I don't, you know, I, I, I still really, really love baseball, maybe more the idea of baseball. I love going to ballparks. I love um, I love getting to know some of these players. Fantasy baseball is a lot of fun to me, but I'm worn down on it, man. I, I need someone to excite me to get back into it and show, hey, Otani, I think he's going to be that guy. Right. And and he's something special in that. I, he's not out there doing any, uh, interviews. He's using his translator, all of those things. And I know that Steve, Steve, Stephen A. Smith got got in trouble for saying it the way the way that he said it. Did he? But, did, did or did or did Stephen A. Smith come up off this the same way that he came up off calling Milwaukee a bad city for 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 an NBA final? Like he always finds a way to incite and then capitalize. I don't think that he's in trouble at all. I think that Jeff Passan used got to come on first take and rail against Stephen A. Smith, and I think he absorbed that attention. And I think it's just going to be like every other thing he's done, where, where whether it's telling Kevin Durant that he's going to ruin his life in some way, or you know, or or anything uh, anything else of that matter, he always finds a way to come out clean on this stuff, and and you know. Uh, kudos to ESPN for finding a way to make content out of calamity, I guess. Yeah. Well, they didn't do the same thing with, the <laughs> they didn't do the same thing with what's her name. Um, with Maria Taylor and, um, Rachel Nichols, they didn't find a or way to ES the ESPN execs got their fingers crossed that the Suns will win these next two games. 
so they don't have to deal with the possible idea of her contract expiring before game seven. Oh my God, bro. If that, so, and the latest report is they offered Maria Taylor $3 million a year. Whoo. Um, but the next thing up, um, this is Ralph's actually, I'm going to let you do this because I'm going to let your mentions be ruined by this. You guys can hit us up at Reister Pod, at George Reister, or at Ralph Amsden. Ralph, go ahead and tell us what you think about Conor McGregor, who just got TKO technically by Poirier after he broke mm-hmm. his leg. And what did you gather from that? Well, let's let's qualify it because I'm going to jump right into this take, but I, I do want to... Conor McGregor's elite and an ambassador for the UFC and his fans love him. I don't think he's the best. I mean, there's a lot of guys who don't lose and I think that they should get consideration. Plus there's guys in his weight class that cleaned up on him. Um, Dustin's technically got him twice and Khabib embarrassed everybody. So we can't talk about Conor McGregor as being the best. We just got to talk about his importance and Conor McGregor fans have really pushed the sport forward and they definitely lined Conor McGregor's bank account. The one thing that I struggle with with Conor McGregor, because I believe that he's an elite fighter and I believe that he's exciting. and I believe that he's worth your pay-per-view money, but I also don't think he's that good when you're talking about the best of the best. Um, he has three wins in the last five and a half years. He's three and five over that time. He got choked out by Nate Diaz. Khabib got him. Dustin Poirier's technically got him twice, even though I would have loved to see what round You can't give him the second. Like. You can't do that, Ralph. You can't say, well, he got him the second time. Connor broke his own leg. Connor broke his own leg while down 10-8. Being down 10-8 is pretty rough for a first round. So unless Connor was going to win three rounds in a row uh, and or knock him out, he was in a really bad position. He could knock um, him out. We've, we've, we've seen could. that. No, he, he absolutely could, and, and all we're dealing right now is with what-ifs. But if you actually deal with what was happening, Conor McGregor had a good minute and a half, tried to sink a guillotine from his back, got elbows rained down on his dome for three straight minutes, then his leg snapped in half. So, so that's, but that's no, 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 no. I want, you to, give, fans, I want you to give the people— I UFC fans— give, give the people the take that you gave me. About Conor McGregor fans. Well, you must be one of them because you just said that that's not a win. No, it it is a You're win. Proving but You're proving I'm, my I'm, point. You're proving my point. No, it's it's a win, but you can't. He gave act you. Like... He gave me what? Conor McGregor's bone exploding. Conor McGregor's bone exploding gives you plausible deniability as to his decline, even though what should very, very much illustrate his decline is having three wins in the last five and a half years, being three and four leading into that fight, getting beat by Poirier last time. Like they already haven't swallowed this bitter pill. They were convinced that he was going to come back and be the best and that he he was as hungry as ever. And that they, I think people are so distracted by noise. We're just simpletons. If somebody talks trash, that means they're good. So many people believe Kale Sonnen was a good fighter when he was just fought. Uh, he, he was chum for everybody else to feast on, but everybody loved him because he would talk trash. Conor McGregor has reached that point. Conor McGregor is one of the elite trash talkers of yep. our time. And, and even that's gone. 
even that's gone. No, your wife's no, 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 a hoe no. is not no, he's, creative. So here, here's the thing. Your wife's a hoe is not creative. I would agree with that. That's not creative. He, he's gotten to the point where he doesn't, it's, he, it's not in him to get in somebody's head the way that it used to. It's not in him to knock somebody out the way that he used to. So now he's just an average UFC fighter who's a giant financial draw. But you don't have to say that he's down and out completely because technically he didn't get put away or choked out or knocked out. And and it doesn't matter to uh, to um, Conor McGregor fans who all they ever do is sit around and count his cash. That's all they do, which is weirdo behavior, mega weirdo behavior. Conor McGregor's stands are bonkers. All they do is count his money because they can't look at his record in the last five years and say he's the best. He's only fought like three times in the last five years, four, four times in the he's last five, eight times, eight he's times. In the eight last times. He's, he's three and five. He's three and five. If you count the Mayweather, you can't count the Mayweather fight. Then three and four, but that was an actual professional bout that was sanctioned. So he's three and five. Oh my God. He's not winning. Okay. He's so, not winning. He, okay. So he hasn't won in so he what literally you're at this is, point. He's not won in years. So what you're saying is, is that he's Oscar De La Hoya. That he's think, a, that that he's that, a guy who doesn't people, win the fights, but he's such a big draw that people want to see him. That's what that's what you're saying. I think this was the end of Ali's career. This was the end of Tyson's career. I got into MMA off the hype of Rampage Jackson and Chuck Liddell. But by the time I started watching Rampage Jackson and Chuck Liddell, if they weren't fighting each other, they weren't winning. Nobody was winning in that scenario. I think that people who got into MMA even before me probably did it for guys like Ken Shamrock. But that by was the time me. they got into Ken Shamrock, he was getting he was getting beat. And so No, I watched I think UFC that, one live, bro. I've been in this from the beginning. UFC one when it was, uh, I think it was, it was the, oh my God, it was the Asian dude versus the bigger dude. And, and he actually had the whole, he actually had the whole gi on. I forget who it was, the UFC, but he had the whole gi on and he was fighting a dude like 75, five pounds bigger than him. It was incredible. And And there was no time. There was no time limit back when I was watching this fight went like an hour. I didn't jump in. I didn't jump in until the Ultimate Fighter Heavyweight Edition. So I think the one with Kimbo. Yeah. And I think that was around like UFC 96, 97. So we're talking, I've only been into it for 10 years, but I have followed it very closely. And that's not to say that like, so my favorite UFC fighter's name is Court McGee. He's nine and 10 in his last 19, but nobody's trying to pretend that he's the greatest of all time. And if you ask a Conor McGregor fan who the greatest fighter of all time is, what are they going to say, George? They're not going to say Connor because Connor's not the greatest fighter You're of all time. Goddamn right there. And when you point out that he's not the greatest fighter of all time because he keeps getting beat, they're going to be like, well, he's rich. They're children. <laughs> Connor McGregor fans are children. <laughs> Bro, you brought the heat on that one. Good God, man. Well, if people get in my mentions, watch how many times I mention his bank account. Like that has anything to do with anything. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But here's, here's the thing is there are better fighters all time than, than him. But, but Connor is turning into what Manny Pacquiao 
and Oscar De La Hoya turned into. There's, people love their fighting style. And you know that he's going to go mm-hmm. out there and, and lay it on the line, win or lose. But he's I, worth every penny. But you have to understand, too, that shit changes because his mentality, attitude, everything that was in him, once he made that $100 million from fighting Floyd, shit was different. And there's no of getting course. that back. Yeah. Like, there's no way to get that that back because that desperation that you had where, like, you were like, I will die for this. Like, I will die to get to the mountaintop. And then you get to the mountaintop. It's hard to only few like Floyd is one of the few who's been able to just continuously climb the mountaintop and stay on there. And where remember that thing between Bill Belichick and um, Nick, Nick Saban, where, where he was like, for a while, you're trying to climb the mountain and then you're there for so long that you actually become the mountain. Yeah. So, and then, and, and to get to the top, people have to push you. Yes. You. Right. You become a target. I would say this. Conor McGregor reminds me uh, just within the sport of MMA reminds me a lot of Ronda Rousey brought a ton of new people in Mm. and then never stopped being an elite fighter. I knew she wasn't great. People caught up and figured it out. See, I knew that she she wasn't as far as like judo and stuff. Some of the people she beat are still fighting. Like she's she, but she was important to the sport and Conor McGregor is important to the sport. But people want to act like he's top ten in UFC history. He's not. No, it's a- not Ander- like, a- Anderson not Silva is above him. GSP is John above Jones. John Jones. Mighty John, John Jones is probably n- number one. And then you so got like Co- eight eight Gracies. Yes, Kamaro Usman, who we're watching fight right now, style bender. Uh, you can't. You literally can't put him above Khabib if you're no. just talking about success because they went head to head. Uh, Conor McGregor fans, and I, I just want to point out two things that I'm not actually res- disrespecting Conor McGregor directly. Conor McGregor is still incredibly dangerous, incredibly exciting, and the idea that he's even still fighting is amazing because he is generationally wealthy. And number two, after he broke his leg, you could see that he's a warrior. Like he's yeah. an old-time warrior. I knew that he was going to sit in the Con- ring and yeah. do an interview. I, I I forgot to tweet it out, but I told the fam, I was like, he's going to do an interview. He's not going to. It wasn't even that. It was trying to influence the refs, pointing at it, like wiggling it around to show people that it was broken, not ever really showing pain. And, like, was like, trash that, wasn't, trash that wasn't a knockout? It's not a yeah. knockout? And I think my only controversial opinion on Conor McGregor directly is that his trash talk is corny and also takes away from the sport. I would agree. Like, go- he, went, he went too far. I, I thought it was bad after the fight. Your wife is in my DMs. I was like, bro, that's, that's super lame. Because there's okay. no way she's not, there's no way she is in his DMs. But then I thought, but if but if she is, though. <laughs> and a lot of people said that she he had promised a $500,000 donation to Justin Wren's uh, uh, charity where he builds wells and houses for the pygmies. And a lot of people think she reached out because he missed the deadline for the donation that he promised. A lot of people think that's why she she reached oh, out. Oh, I see what you're he, saying. He showed that. He he showed that she sent a DM, but he never actually showed the content. So if there was oh. something to show, he just showed it. But then he right the day before the fight, after he said that Dustin Poirier would leave in a body bag and a stretcher and all that dumb stuff, non-creative dumb trash talk, he said, 
she wants to see my ball hair, which was like, are you 12? He's still an elite fighter, but what he has going for him right now is that his fans have this undying loyalty to his bank account. And it's weird because the Floyd fans can be the same way. There's enough to appreciate about Conor McGregor. Except for you don't have to do that with with Floyd because he's never lost. So you're like, beat him then. (laughs) This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Well, then you should have beat him. So, yeah. Yeah. The next thing up is um, we're going to have an interview from Nicole Lynn, who is the first female, black female agent to represent a top three NFL draft pick and also and then the next year she had another top 10 pick she's changing the agent game you don't want to miss it and now we're joined on the right or wrong podcast by Nicole Lynn she's the first black woman to represent a top three NFL draft pick and only the second woman in history to solo represent an NFL first rounder. And she did it in back to back years with top 10 NFL draft picks. She went from being a star on wall street to going to law school to being one of the top NFL and entertainment agents around. She's absolutely dope. And she's just written a book called Agent You that talks about her journey through the good, the bad, and gives you tangible takeaways on how to be as dope as she is. Nicole, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, so I remember when you first signed Quentin Williams and 
people were making a big deal out of it. They were like, yo, this is the first woman who's going to have a top 10 pick. And I, how did that relationship foster with Quinnen and, you know, gain his trust to be, cause I know that as a former athlete, that trusting your agent is one of the big things in choosing an agent. You know, it was really God. It was, it was all just uh, honestly, a lot of favor. I, I didn't recruit Quinnen originally I actually talk about this in my book. Um, he reached out to me and he's just such a smart young man. And part of his thought process was, yeah, I'm going to be the number one player in college football. I'm going to be a top three pick. But what if I was a top three pick and I also effectuated change? What if I gave a woman a shot to help women in sports? I mean, that's literally the way he thought. And we, I interviewed him and, you know, he, he did his due diligence and, and felt like I was someone that he could trust, not just with his contract, but in his personal life. And so we have been honestly the, the closest you could imagine and the greatest of friends ever since. Yeah. And in your book, you talk about that. That's what success looks like for you is that clients come to you instead of you going to to them. And now you're with clutch sports and the the head of football. Like, how did this whole you you know, you go from there to end up being with Maverick Carter, LeBron James and clutch sports? You know, I had a few offers of uh, different sports agencies, but clutch sports really felt like it aligned with my personal mission in representing athletes, the 360 view, right? It's not just about football or basketball. It's on the field, off the field. And when the game is over and I felt like rich Paul, he just gets it. He gets it. Um, and I love the way that he, he cares about his athletes the way I do their family. Yeah, and you started, you got in the agent business when you were 26, when you decided to per- pursue it. But you said that in your book that you only knew that you only wanted to do it if you knew that you could be the best. How did you know at that point in time when you had been on Wall Street and then that you knew that you could be the best in this industry? You know, it was just, it was a lot of confidence that I had in myself. You know, I believed if I gave 110% and I worked my butt off, I believed that I would be successful because I felt called to do it. You know, in my book, I talk about finding your purpose and it it was purpose for me. This was not just a job. You know, for six years, I worked full-time as a lawyer at a law firm while also being an agent. The law firm paid the the bills. The sports agent was a a calling. And so I, I believed I'd be successful because I know it was what I was meant to be doing. And, and, and in your book, you talk about sacrifices. That's why you say that you haven't had uh, children and, and other things that it does require sacrifice. But why have you decided to make these sacrifices in, in, in life? And has it been worth it so far? Yeah. I mean, the sacrifices are very, are very tough and they're not all worth it. And so what I talk about in the book is like my journey to kind of realizing and waking up that there's gotta be a balance, you know, success is not always pretty. And some of the sacrifices I've made, I'm not proud of, you know, I can't, I won't lie and say, yeah, I think every decision I've made has been the best one. It's, it's tough. And so I've definitely gotten into a space now where family is a priority, you know, my personal life, taking care of myself is a priority, but those are things I didn't think of or care about over the last decade. And so I'm I'm trying to change my mindset. 
Yeah, it's funny because that reminds me of my wife, who's a very successful woman in the business world and making those sacrifices. And truthfully, they're different than the sacrifices a man has to make, because if you decide to have a kid that puts you out of work for a little bit, but, but, but me, I can still go out and go out in the world and do everything I need, I, I need or want to uh, do it. How do you balance that as a woman when you're saying, yeah. wow, this is a totally different sacrifice or commitment from my career? Yeah. I mean, it's tough. You don't, especially in the agent business, you don't see a lot of women that are moms. Um, and so I don't, I honestly don't know what it looks like, you know? And so it's, it's one of those things that when I decide to do it, it's like, how, how does that look? What do you do? You know, do you have, do you get time off? There's no maternity leave as an agent, right? Football continues to go. And it's not like being in a law firm or a corporate corporate America where somebody can step in your place and take over for you. When you're an agent, you're one-on-one with the player. And so I don't know the answer to that, but I hope that I'll be able to kind of, you know, help women to see it when I go through it. Yeah, and in your book, you talk about women cheering for other women. And I, I see women like Rachel Luba, who I've interviewed, who's a baseball agent, and other women who just champion other women and, you know, fix their crowns. And I'm wondering where does the industry, this male dominated industry of agents, look like five or 10 years from now if you guys keep championing each other and men as well champion you guys? You know, I, there's so few of us in the business. I'm, especially in the NFL world, I'm so close with all of the women. You know, I love it because we really work together. You know, it's beyond just publicly clapping for someone. Like behind the scenes, there's so many agents, the ones that have come before me and, and others that are willing to help in whatever way that they can. And so we've got an amazing community of of women and we're hoping to grow that. Yeah, I'm- I loved the your book because it's been like a, a, a lot of times when people write books about their life and all of that, it's a lot of back padding and all of that. But I thought that you actually gave tangible points at the end of every chapter that that people can take from, um, yeah. you know, and apply in their their life. And one of them was chapter six, where you said basically stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Can you talk about that interaction that you had with with Sage Steele at the Ravens game? Yeah. You know, one of my goals has always been to to do some type of like analyst work in sports, really specifically on contracts you know, four or five times a year, being able to come on and opine about a big contract that's done. I'd I'd love to do that on a major TV network. And I was at a game with Sage Steele in a a private suite and I didn't know her at all. And I remember just saying, Hey, I'm going to go shoot my shot and see if she has any connections. And when I went up to her, she had asked me, she said, Oh, that's amazing. I, I think you'd be great at that. Send me a real tape. And that real tape was something I knew I was supposed to make because, you know, it's something you need. And I never made it. And so I wasn't ready. And that moment really struck hard for me. It's stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. You never know when your sage steel is going to be there. You never know when the opportunity is going to come around the corner that you've been praying for. Don't miss out on something because you're not prepared. 
Yeah, that is, I think, a key thing in life because they say luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And in chapter five, you talk about mamba, your 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 mamba mentality, and that's something that I live by because Kobe was very impactful in my my life and how he lived. Can can you talk about that as far as you and your your business in general? Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Kobe just literally is the goat, you know, he did everything times 10, you know, he was at the gym at 4am when others were getting there at seven or eight, he worked harder than everyone. And you could see his work, um, you know, because he was the best, the mama mentality for me is when, and I tell this to the reader, deciding if you want that to be your life, because, you know, success, a lot of times takes doing what others won't, but it doesn't mean you have to be that person. Right. And I think that's the the tough part about society. It feels like we all have to be like a Kobe Bryant and I I'm like him. I, I work my butt off, but it doesn't mean that's the only way. And so I try to explain to the reader, here's what it could take. Are you willing to do it? Yeah. And your book agent you is coming out on July 13th. It, it covers so many different topics, so many different things. And as a black person, I know that, that there's always this debate they're like well if you talk about the the uh, hard stuff and that it was harder for you then now you're trying to be a victim you you have a victim mentality but i look at it like no if you talk about those things that are harder then that means that you're that much more dope because you didn't didn't give up or let it quit Where, where do you stand on that because you did come from poverty and end up on wall street Yeah. I mean, part of it is the working hard part of it's the perseverance of not giving up. And then a lot of it is, 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 is favor for me. It was, here is my plan. I know what my end game is and I'm going to take every step to get there. The minute I found out I was not supposed to be on wall street, I detoured, right. I made, I made a turn. And so I think it's finding whatever your goal is and, and not getting uh, distracted along the way. Uh, final final question for you is you obviously have a lot of clients in different industries, but you're you're now having a television show inspired by your life being made by 50 Cent and G Unit Films, where they've done a bunch of good shows like Power that I watch, For the For Life. And how does that feel that you're gonna have a show about your life on stars? It's really exciting. I mean, the good news is it's scripted, so it is inspired by me, but it'll still be fictional. But I think it's amazing to shine light on, you know, women in male dominated fields. Let's make it more of the norm, you know, that people say. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is over the shy is back on paramount plus and the stakes have never been higher Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Hey, oh yeah, there's a TV show about that. Women are sports agents all the time. So I'm super excited about it. Well, I'm super excited to see it as well. You guys, she is Nicole Lynn. Go get her book on as of tomorrow. You'll be able to get it agent you and you can also pre-order it as as well. Nicole, thanks for coming on the show. Much success to you in all your endeavors. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What was it like talking to her? Dude, it it was cool because so she just wrote a book called Agent You and you got a chance to read a, a lot of it. I read about half the book and Good. prior prior to the interview and I'll finish it over this weekend. But I thought that she was very open and honest in the book and very open and honest in the interview just about about the things that she's done right and the sacrifices that she's made. And she also said like, all of these weren't worth it. So that was interesting. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say that before of like, and my dreams are coming true. And I believe a lot of it has to do with like divine favor and a path being cleared for me. But some of the stuff that I did to get in this position, when I look back, I don't think I would have done it again. And I don't, I, usually we get people who are like the, the no regrets, right? Yeah. <laughs> no regrets. Yeah. And I, and, and she's not necessarily that way. And then she was also kind of open about something that, that we're not really probably going to get anybody else to speak on in this manner. I know there's some other female NFL agents out there. Molly Mack and Amy is one of the coolest people on earth. And we'll have her on at some point. But she said like me, if I was to even have a baby, I wouldn't even know what it looks like. Like, she feels the burden of being a trailblazer in certain aspects. And she's very grateful for the path that she's um, on. But at the same time, she knows that it's not easy and it's going to continue to not be easy. Um, I just, 
I really appreciated her openness. I thought you did a good job interviewing her. Thank you. Um, it, it reminds me where when when she said she doesn't know what it looks like to have a family and a baby and all that, how that fits into her life. It reminded me of what's the Arizona basketball coaches, uh, the, the the women's basketball coach name at the University of Arizona. Oh, my gosh. Uh, as you as you uh, think about it. So she went to the NCAA tournament this year. Team went to the finals. She had a newborn or an infant and she had to, she's still breastfeeding, had to take the baby. So she probably had no clue what this was going to look like either. Right. But she, Adia, but she Adia did Barnes. It. Yeah. Adia Barnes. Yeah. And she also had to like, she like had to run into things that nobody's ever run into before. Like her baby counting as one of the tr members of the travel crew for COVID restrictions. So they had to like, leave some other staff member off so she could have her baby with her that's insanity that's like yeah. <laughs> that's like uh uh charging for a baby to get into a concert at you know when it's or charging a baby to get in six flags when when the baby can't even walk <laughs> you're like why why do i have to buy this baby a ticket he's just here he's luggage yeah yeah so yeah, but no, it was a it was a good interview. That I, I would highly recommend the book, just because it's you know I know that a lot of people come on they plug books, um, and maybe it's a subject that you're interested in, but you don't want the you don't want the task of having to read a whole book. Um, this was a like a this more felt like reading a very informative, helpful pamphlet. Like it was just a quick, easy, accessible read. I, if you can give it a shot, I, I think it'll. I, you, you don't got to be fem female at all. Like there's, there's things in there that she puts as sort of like challenges and questions you can ask yourself about whether you're on the right path. I found it completely applicable and I don't think it had any, like there was no part of it where I was like, Oh, I can check out for this part because I'm not a, I'm not a female that didn't exist in this book. It's just very good. Yep. I would agree with that. So you guys uh, leave a comment um, after you guys listen to it on the podcast it will be absolutely fantastic. Um, so the All-Star Game, there was a terror plot at the All-Star Game, but the FBI is not acknowledging it as a terror plot. So last Friday, there were four people, three women, three men and one woman who were arrested at the Maven Hotel in Denver and after a housekeeper, she tipped off police to a large stash of guns and ammo on the eighth floor. So police re removed 16 long guns, body armor, more than a thousand rounds of ammunition from the room, which just so happened to have a balcony overlooking the downtown area. And that and there it's a good vantage point and large crowds could have resulted in a Las Vegas style shooting. And, but the FBI then says that despite the presence of enormous amounts of guns and ammunition in a hotel room, just one block from Coors Field, where people are obviously going to be walking in, out, all of that, the FBI spokesperson said that they have no reason to believe that they posed a threat to All-Star Weekend. I think um, it's definitely a weird story. Um, I'm really curious as to your take on it, but I know that I think that it's logical and I, 
shout out to the, the the maid for doing the whole if you see something say something um that was i, I think she did the right thing and, and i don't think there's any question about that but my first thought was oh this is denver like federal legalization of marijuana doesn't exist therefore people still have to move large sums of money cash in armored vehicles in and out of denver all day every day because you can't use the banks right so like okay. marijuana marijuana is still a cash business so there are there are a lot of security firms and private contractors who move money and use like and 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 make sure that they do so in a secure manner um so like that was my first thought especially when i heard that it was more than one person because it's not common for uh things like that you know outside of the san bernardino um thing and maybe a couple of other occasions like columbine and i understand that that would be a really touchy subject for anybody in colorado because they've had aurora and columbine and a bunch of others um that that the idea that more than one person would perpetrate that is still quite rare. So I, I, I'm not saying I believe the FBI because um, we're going to get into some more FBI stuff here in a minute, but uh, I will say that my first thought was not that this was meant to disrupt the all-star game. Okay. So if they weren't a threat to the all-star game, they were a threat to somebody. That's the, that's the point that that's the thing I thought I was like, okay, so it may not have been, quote unquote, all-star game related, right? But there's also the other part of it where I'm like, how am I supposed to ignore what I'm looking at? Like if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it damn sure ain't a chicken. So why would you have that much, that many guns, body armor and all of that stuff in a hotel room there is either something clandestine going on there, which, which, which there could be some government stuff going on there and all of that. But at the same time, I'm like, they were a threat to they were probably a threat to somebody. Right. Being that they were arrested. Well, I would definitely say that they were a threat to somebody because they didn't even put the privacy sign up on the door. Like, I think their stupidity is a threat, like even if they're arms dealers or anything that wasn't like a direct threat to all-star uh the the all-star game at Coors Field they're still dumb enough to get caught with 16 long guns in a hotel room anybody dumb enough to get caught with 16 long guns in a hotel room is a threat to everybody just their general stupidity they're a threat at the grocery (laughs) store to leave their (laughs) cart in the and not put it in the corral like they're dumb human beings but how do you not just put if you you, you have a bunch of illegal weapons and ammo in your hotel room and you can't even put the lock on. Yeah. You're idiots. Yeah. I, now, now that is a fantastic point because you got all that in there and, and then you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need a turndown service tonight. Yeah. What? As somebody, as somebody who has left their keys in their car and gotten it stolen. Trust me. These are dumb people. <laughs> They're on my level, my level of execution of, basic tasks uh, all right uh the next thing up we have larry nasser larry creepo scumbag of a person i mean like gum on the bottom of your shoes level person and who terrorized literally terrorized women in gymnastics and at the university of michigan state 
and other places as well. He was he was a team doctor and he was molesting these these women because he knew he had power. And it was covered up by so many people who they their asses should be in jail, too, by the way, because they are to me. To me, and I know that this is a crazy. I know that people aren't necessarily going to agree with this, but I think that the people who covered it up are worse than Larry Nasser. And the reason why is because, and, and you tell me if I'm crazy or wrong for that, for that, because so if Larry Nasser did it to one person, right? And then that one person reports it. And then the people who have a chance to do something about it, don't do anything about it. They sweep it under the rug. They, they, they tell the girls to go, go away. Nobody's going to believe you. Nothing happened. All of this. And then he goes and proceeds to continue to do it to more people, more people report it. And then you do the same thing all over again. I think that they're worse because, because creeps are going to be creeps and they're going to, if criminals are going to be criminals, they're going to do things. And then they're already bad all by, by themselves. But then when you have people enabling them, that means that you allow their terror to multiply. That's why I think that they're worse because they are not only compl- like, like they are accomplices. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if that I would call them worse, but I would definitely say that they, they essentially facilitate it. And then, I mean, in my life, there's a lot, like, professionally and even personally, you know, I, I, I've, I've had a harder time forgiving people that allowed stuff to happen than I have people who actually did. See, that's what I'm saying. That's... And, and, but, but as far as them being worse, I mean, you get into the territory of being like the people who, um, you know, got talked into atrocities by Hitler just as German citizens are worse than the Austrian source of evil that 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 perpetrated these ideas and 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 used that power to wield and actually commit the acts and it's i mean bad is bad um larry dancer is a terrible person what i'm trying to understand uh is why when this got reported somebody would wait five weeks to go to the fbi and why once it got to the fbi it wasn't a massive priority and i've experienced this myself i me and a couple of other people uncovered that two sports reporters in arizona were using their position to attempt to uh, interfere with, molest, assault young women and men that were under the age of 18, and it wouldn't have been appropriate if they were above the age of 18. They were using their position of power to get close to children and and try to interfere with them. And the moment I found out, the moment I found out, I called the FBI. And I told them, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't 100% know why I called, but I have access to all this information. I think that you should have it because you have the ability to do something. And I believe in that. I, I believe in, in, in if you see something, you say something, you take responsibility, you stand up for people who, who either don't know that they need to stand up for themselves or who can't stand up for themselves or who have already been been put in a position to be victimized. I, that is like a, a mantra of mine and it's made my life worse. Like I, you know, <laughs> demonstrably worse, but at the same time, and I, and I get why people don't do it, but you still gotta do the right things. Your values aren't your values unless you actually practice them when tested. So, you know, I, I remember calling the FBI on day one and then calling them back five weeks later and saying, you guys haven't done anything. And they never, the FBI never got involved in the thing that I was involved in. Neither did the police. And these people are still free. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm, I, I am frustrated that this type of stuff doesn't get 
prioritized by by people whose job it is to investigate and and keep people safe, especially when it's super cut and dry, like in the case of Larry Nassar. And I think the, the people involved, you're right, should be more than just shamed and resigned and fired. I think we should see some prosecutions and civil forfeitures and, and, and penalties as well so that people know that this isn't acceptable, that if you're in a position of responsibility or position of power, and especially when it's your job, for the love of God, do your job. Yep. And, and I think that that's the problem, right? Is that, is that, is that when, when the FBI, when they didn't do their job, it just allowed more and more people to be able to be, to be hurt. And the negligence is just, it's just gross, dude. And that's why when people do have power, I look at people who abuse power way worse than people who don't have any power. Like if you are the FBI and you abuse power, I think that that's bad. If you are the police, if you are a judge, if you are a principal at a school, if you are the the CEO of a company and you use your status to or a manager or something to 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 do things, I think that you are especially when you are in a position of community trust, like whether it's law enforcement, judges, anything like like that, that they should throw the book at your ass. Yeah. Like that you should be prosecuted even harder and get more jail time instead of leniency because of your position. Agreed. That's the thing that I hate. Um, all right. Uh, now though, it is time now that we actually, I probably should have put this in a different order, but m maybe this is the pick me up that we need. Now it is time for the best of social media. Now, 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 now. here's the best of social media. The best of social media is literally where we show you the best of social media. And today, first up, we are getting close to the WNBA All-Star Game. It's coming up out in Vegas. And here is Brittany Griner and my uh, my uh, my uh, old crush, Skylar Diggins-Smith. Hey, it don't got to be. We, we can all just admit that it never ended. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's like a J-Lo crush. It never goes away. So uh, here it is. Here are her and Brittany Griner talking about the All-Star Game. Hi, my question is for uh, BG. Um, earlier today in the presser with Team WNBA, Arike asked Satu if she was going to dunk on you during the All-Star Game, and Satu <laughs> said yes. So <laughs> just your thoughts on uh, these uh, rivalries, <laughs> these, these bravado and rivalries during the All-Star Game, and is it is it fun to have these, like, fun, uh, you know, out of the blue? <laughs> can, can she I... This question for you. Uh, I mean, no one has ever tried to dunk on me. I mean, I've had dudes try, but they didn't succeed. But um, last hey. time we played, or last time uh, we were there, you dunked. Yeah, I did. I did. Oh, you, okay. you, you, I passed it to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be some dunks. Just I wonder who's going to do them. Next. <laughs> When somebody laughs at you like that, that's infuriating. Infuriating. Oh my gosh. They were both uh, like I I've I probably watched that a hundred times because both of them were just like in none of it it was none of it was forced. They were like in the moment of being like 
kind of embarrassed and a little bit shocked. And then also realizing like, wait, that's what I actually did to them. Yeah. But like Brittany, Brittany Griner saying like, <laughs> that's literally never happened to me before. Also, I don't even know if she, if she can, could, if she's physically able to do this thing that she's talking about. And then Skylar Dickens was like, wait, isn't that the, the exact thing that you did to them? Yes. I loved it, dude. I thought that that was amazing. The next thing up, I thought that this was amazing and I loved it, dude. I almost died, dude, watching uh, when I saw this come up uh, on on here. So if you guys didn't see um, we will put links to all this in the show description, but American Airlines passenger was duct taped to her seat after she tried to open the plane door, then bit a flight attendant. Ralph, is this acceptable to tape her to the chair? I got extremely lost in the comments because it seemed to be a lot of sympathy for this woman and a lot of anger toward American Airlines saying that like, how could you not be prepared for somebody to have a mental health crisis or a drug breakdown? How could you use duct tape on her shoulders and on her face? There's a lot of people who are really upset. And I just want to ask those people, like what happens if she gets that door open? Thank you. I mean, like they, they duct taped her for her <laughs> own safety. It's obviously for the safety of other people, but like, She's got to be protected from herself as well, because if she's having a mental health crisis, what else are you supposed to do if she's presenting an actual physical danger to everybody else on the on the plane, including herself? And, and honestly, like maybe it's an opportunity for training and maybe it can be done better or maybe you need a straight jacket or maybe there needs to be a marshal on every flight, even though I don't think that that's possible, because then there'd have to be like a million U.S. marshals. But like that. She tried to open the door. I just, I, once you get yeah. to that point, it's like, okay, well, you have to subdue her and then you could deal with the fallout or the cancel consequence of it all later. She tried to open the door and she bit somebody too, as well, I believe. So, yeah. So do you have any problem with what happened to, to her? No, my problem is what is the duct tape for? Like, is the duct tape there to subdue passengers or if there's an issue with like the landing gear, <laughs> that's a question. I have. Oh, that's a legitimate question. That's a legitimate question. Um, all right. Uh, next thing up. This is an awesome story. This is an awesome story. This is a picture from eight years ago with Brad Stevens, uh, Danny Ainge and a, a young baby faced full head of hair having Trey Young and and his dad who was a a, a college player as well was fa fantastic when he was in college told them hey yo look out for my son he's gonna be really good and his dad said that they kind of gave him the obligatory all right yeah cool we'll uh take take a picture with you though and now Trey's turned into Trey the assassin ice Trey I think that's dope <clears throat> Uh, yeah, there's two things about this picture that are incredible. One, somehow they are managing to advertise all three of my senses of fashion. <laughs> like, these are like the only three ways I dress. And 
The other thing is how much Trey Young has and hasn't aged at the exact same time. Yeah, like, yes. <laughs> he kind of his, looks exactly like this man. His but 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 his hair has has aged. Yes. Yes, very much so. Yep. Exactly. Uh also ne- Ray Young, Ray Young is a top ten follow on Twitter. Definitely follow he Trey is? Young's dad, Ray. Yes. Oh, I need that. Um, the next thing up here, the next thing up on Twitter, this is Ralph's 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 guy over at CPAC 2021 talking away. You know, Texas has always led the charge. Well, Till about like a couple months ago, and then Austin sort of took over. Like, I don't know, guys. Like, Texas was leading the chart. You're still top 25. But we got to work on that stuff because those people have lost their minds. Right? The people's. Rem- <laughs> <laughs> Awkward when you expect people to agree with everything that you say, and then they're like. Nah, fam. Nah, fam. I, I, I'm not with that. Like, how do you get a pro, a pro you crowd to be like, mm, I took it too far right there, pal. Uh, to one thing I've always, I've never really understood Texas. It's definitely its own thing, but, and they're very divided politically. Um, but the one thing I've always respected is that Texas is Texas. They respect Austin as like a family member that's a little different, just like Lubbock, just like Dallas, just like Houston, um, just like all of the super rural areas, like Texans seem to do the one thing that Americans are not always able to do, which is say, first we're Texans, right? And so, God, what a what a risk. And it, it's, just br- it's brutal to watch somebody bomb, but like to insult, to say that like Texans got a work to do to be a top 25 state for the conservative movement is like, nah, like Texas is your only chance to ever be relevant ever nationally ever. Don't, don't do this. Like don't insult them. And, 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 and Austin, while a lot of people are extremely uh, uh, liberal, uh, a lot of people are also extremely independent and libertarian and, very much followers of sort of Matthew McConaughey of like, hey, keep Texas, Texas. So to see somebody from New York come in there, from New York slash Florida, come in there and, and take a dig at Texas and try to get them to do what the rest of the country so readily does, which is throw one of their own under the bus and then to have it just be dead quiet. Oh, that was painful. That was very painful. Yeah. Yep. So um, the and. The next thing up on the best of social media is this is hilarious. This is actually hilarious. So a Karen went crazy in Victoria's Secret. Have you seen this, Ralph? No. Oh, my God. You you actually need to see the entire video. This is a, a compilation of her thing. So she tried to hit a black woman. In the Victoria's Secret, turns out she realized that the black lady was recording her acting an ass, and then she was like, and then she starts with this fake ass panic attack. Oh, 
Yeah. Crazy lady. Okay, she attacked me and so I say I attacked her. You cut yeah, look at this. Oh, y'all better get this lady! You gotta get the Thought nothing like this would happen. So to this me. is she the beginning to where she hit her. Me. And now she. Did you? She's lying on the phone. Don't tell me what to do. She said I threatened her. Well, I don't give a fuck about her being sick. I'm worried about me. I wish you guys could have seen Ralph's face. As he was watching the video, I do not believe this is a mental health event. No, this lady was just, she realized she got caught and she knows what's going to happen next. Yeah. I, I mean, Oh, that's brutal. I, it felt like a second city sketch. It was almost like too routine. The fact that nobody in the store was like doing anything, like people were still checking out while she was laying on the floor. Everything about that video gives me a million questions. I would say that some people, if you are just recording them for the sake of recording them, they're going to lose their mind, right? Like, I don't like being recorded. I, like, if, if someone's not going to explain to me why I'm being recorded, I don't know if that's what happened here. Obviously, every choice that woman made is a terrible choice, and there's no justification for it. And she was caught lying and chasing her. And, but, like, the employees of that Victoria's Secret are very clearly not paid enough to deal with whatever was going on, <laughs> but, but still had the presence of mind to get their commission and check people out while she was laying on the floor. So, uh, very, very interesting, interesting video that I would never like to see again. Yep. Please. <laughs> Ab- <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, and here is the next thing, Ralph, this is for you. This cool. is a picture of Eva, Eva Mendez. Explain to me what this has to do with anything, Ralph. Okay, so uh, you might notice that I'm not in my in my usual spot. I'm not out in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm actually in my birthplace of Sheridan, Wyoming. And uh, I don't, I don't want to make this a long-winded story, but I'm out here in Sheridan, Wyoming, uh, helping out with some kids that used to be in a youth group that I volunteered at. Uh, they have all become successful business owners. And one of them, um, who is probably the most interesting, incredible, coolest human being I've ever met, has launched a bag and clothing line called Terzy Burmaid. The whole point of this is to pay Burmese workers who typically they get like slave wages in a factory and there's child labor and everything like that. The whole point of this is to create a product that pays them living wage. Um, and it's just a really, really great cause. 
and it's being run out of this small town that I'm from in Northern Wyoming. And, you know, I, I, I love it. And I was going to do anything I could to support, support it and promote it. And it just launched a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, man, I really hope they gain some traction. And bef- before the dust even settled, Eva freaking Mendez posts a picture of the bag on her, on her social media. And then tells people that the people that took the picture of her with the bag was her kids. Her kids are with her and Ryan Gosling. Nobody's like ever seen their kids. They're extremely private. So the idea that her kids were even involved in anything meant that like E! News and a bunch of other people picked it up. And her whole message was about this bag and this cause. And uh, it's just really, really cool to see awesome things happen for good people. And uh, I was already on my way out to Northern Wyoming to help them out with some projects that they're working on. And so um, I just want to give a shout out to just like, I, I think any uh, uh, any man in America, gay or straight, I want to give a shout out to Eva Mendez. But this time it's for uh, supporting a really, really great uh, fashion company. And uh, thank you. Very cool. Yep. So uh, that is Reister or Wrong for the day. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. Peace out. Catch you guys on Friday. Did you know Amazon provides ways of working that fit your lifestyle? They know you value your time outside of work, juggling family, school, friends, or other activities. That's why they offer a variety of shifts that work for you. There are full-time, part-time, and even temporary opportunities that can work with your schedule, with great starting pay and sign-on bonuses. If you want a career that fits and adapts to your lifestyle, head to Amazon.com apply. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.